Praise the Lord. It's good to be here. Elevate. Elevate. Thank you, good sir. What, what? Elevando. This I say, elevando. This I say, que, que. You're supposed to say, when I do this, you guys say, ele, ele, and then I say, elevando, right? Ele, ele, elevando. Ele, 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 no, I'm just kidding. Praise, that was pretty decent, right? All right, welcome to Elevate. We meet every 7 p.m., every 7 p.m. I say that every week, every Friday at 7 p.m. If you're watching online, I'm Joseph Boni. I'm the youth director here. We wish you would be here with us. But today we're going over a new, uh, we're starting a new sermon series. Everybody say the Beatitudes. I have a saying, drop your attitude and pick up the gratitude, right? That has nothing to do with this, but I saw attitude, and some of y'all got attitudes. No, I'm just kidding. half kidding, half kidding, right? If you got an attitude, you know you got an attitude. Drop it. Pick up some gratitude. Right, Nathan? Exactly. Amen. All right. So has anyone ever read the Beatitudes before? This is uh, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Has anyone ever read that before? Emily, have you read that before? No? How about you, William? Have you read that before? No? Okay. Who has read it before? Raise your hand. Awesome. Does anybody want to try to recite it by memory? If I can recite it by memory, I no longer owe Josie $5. <laughs> Just kidding, Josie. I still owe her $5 from last time she got something right. Everybody say, blessed are the poor. Everybody say, blessed are the poor. Everybody say, blessed are the poor like you're poor. Amen? Because, you know, you want to be blessed, right? So if I'm saying blessed are the poor, I'm not saying blessed are the rich. You guys get that? that? What I just said there? It's kind of weird, right? That's what we're going to get into today. Because... Why would we ever say blessed are the poor? It's kind of contradictory to what our American culture has taught us, but not just American culture. Everybody picks on American culture. It's just what the world would think. Can we go to Matthew chapter 5? Matthew chapter 5. I mean, Matthew chapter 5, yes, verse, we'll start at verse 1. Actually, go a little bit higher. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 to 25. Everybody say blessed. Everybody say blessed. All right. How many of y'all blessed in this place? Amen. How many of y'all not blessed in this place? It's a weird question, but how many of you ever get asked that? We want to be blessed in life, right? Whenever you see someone win an award, right, they're just like so appreciative. They're like, man, I'm so blessed right now. Or whenever you see someone, you know, like post something on Instagram, right, like, like for me, one time I saw uh, I don't know if you guys know who Mayweather is, Floyd Mayweather. He's the, he's the TBE, the best ever, the boxer that never lost. Right? I know Will's a fan of Mayweather, right? Oh, usually, if you're, usually if you're a fan of LeBron, you're a fan of Mayweather. I don't know. They kind of... McGregor? Why? A lot of reasons why not. But okay, so Mayweather, you know, he's, he said things like, I'm blessed, and then he has like, like literally all his money on the table. And he's just like blessed, right? I mean, the dude who fought a YouTuber called Jake Paul, or was it Logan? It was Jake, right? He fought Jake Paul, 
and he got like 40 million just punching a YouTuber. Man, I'll be a YouTuber. I'll get punched for 10 million. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was thinking, right? What happened? Logan? $100 million. Wow. Yeah, so how many of y'all would say, dang, he's blessed? That's what we would say in our culture. We see that and we say, man, this person is blessed. Well, listen, Jesus is not going to go that route. He's not at all. He's not going that route at all. What, is, what does it mean to be blessed, though, right? What does it mean? Does anybody have a definition of what it means to be blessed? We, we may have something in our mind, right? Sometimes, like I remember when I used to evangelize by uh, Six Corners. Is it Six Corners by, uh, yeah, Diversity, Kimball? I went up to some guy. He was smoking weed. I'm just like, hey, man, do you know who Jesus is? He's like, yeah, man, I'm blessed. And, you know, he's, he's getting high. It's like, no, you're, you're not blessed. And I said that. He got offended. He got mad at me, told me to leave him alone, so I left him alone. But here's the thing. Is, is, what does it mean to be blessed? Is it just having some financial, like, go-ahead, some financial up over others? Is it like, what does it mean to be blessed? Well, in order to know that, right, in order to know what it means to be blessed, we would have to, like, really read the Bible and understand it. But this is a translation for blessed. Everybody say happy. Happy. Everybody say happy. A lot of people would say when Jesus is saying, blessed are these people, blessed are those people, he's saying, happy are those people. You got that, Chase? He's saying, happy. So he's saying, happy are those people. Happy are the poor. That even makes it more confusing. Why is he saying, happy are the poor? Now, when we look at this, right, let's all read Matthew chapter 5. Actually, I'm sorry, I know you made you go to Matthew chapter 4. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. We're all going to read this, all right? So on the count of three... We're all going to read this, all right? So one, two, three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And then we'll stop right there. So those are the blessings and the beatitudes. And well, like I said, it means happy, right? But there's a lot of things we said there that are like, why, why would you be happy? Um, now, a lot of people like to take these things, and they like to say, all right, these are things and ideas, kind of ways to live that we need to adopt in order to be saved. So, like, okay, then I need to be poor, you know? So all of a sudden, you just throw out your Jordans, put on some Crocs, right? No, I'm just kidding. Back in the day, Crocs used to be, like, I don't even know what happened. How did Crocs get, like... I don't even know. But it's like you take, off, you take off your shoes, go barefooted. You know, maybe you just take a vow to, to poverty. That's what they would call it. You vow to poverty. And that's what a lot of Christians have done in the past. They're saying, well, blessed are the poor. Come on now and then just get poor. You know, they, they go live in the street uh, with some homeless people, and that's, that's now their life. That's what they'll do. Or some people take this, and they say it's just a code of ethics. Like this is just a way to live, and that's it. Now, 
Here's the thing. In order to understand what's going on, on here in Matthew chapter 5, we have to go to Matthew chapter 4. So now let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Thank you, Jorge. Everybody say, thank you, Jorge. So Matthew 4, is TJ? Where Jorge go? Oh, never mind. All right, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. All right, so first things first. This is Jesus' first words to the public. Everybody read it where it says red, red letters. One, two, three. This is the first thing Jesus said to the public. Think about it. It wasn't saying, I just love you. I love you so much. Come over here. Let me give you a hug, man. No, Jesus' first words were, repent. Repent. And some translations will say, repent of your sins. Repent of your sins, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So understand this now. Jesus calls his disciples. He starts calling Peter. He starts calling John, James, Andrew. He starts calling all of them. And he's saying to everybody, right, come follow me. But his message is keyed onto this. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Who's bringing this kingdom? It's the king. He's the king. He's bringing the kingdom. Let's go to verse 23. Let's go to verse 23, please. Now, after he causes most of his disciples, the 12 still aren't really together yet. He goes now to Galilee, teaching in the synagogue. Synagogues were Jewish churches in a sense, not churches, but like Jewish places of worship. And he started proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Everybody say good news. This is not the good news of the Cubs, not the good news of the stocks. It's not the good news of this video game that's coming out soon. It is the good news of the kingdom. Specific, what it, it, it's a specific good news. And healing every disease. He's healing people, the sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria. Everybody was hearing about Jesus. And people brought to him all, uh, people brought to him all who were ill. They had a sick cousin. They're like, hey, bro, come over here. We're going to get that. We're going to fix that leg of yours. We, they had a guy who couldn't see. Come on now. You're going to see today. And they had various diseases. They suffered with severe pain. And uh, they were demon possessed. They had seizures. And they were paralyzed. And he healed them all. So Jesus is bringing a bunch of people. Like he's like a, a, a walking hospital. It's like a traveling hospital. A traveling demon casting out hospital. He's dealing with them all. Jewish people, sick people, uh, people that have seizures, people that are demon-possessed, paralyzed, all types of people, and large crowds. Everybody says, say large crowds. So think about that, man. Jesus, he's going over all the towns. He's preaching this good news of the kingdom. And all the poor people, all the sick people, all the people with various types of issues are coming to him. And they're coming from everywhere. So now that's chapter 4. That now leads up into what we call the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon in the Bible. It's two chapters of nothing but heavenly goodness, just awesome things that Jesus is teaching. So now when Jesus saw the crowds, so Jesus is seeing the crowds, 
he decides to go up to a mountainside, right? A mountainside. And he sits down, and all his disciples come to him. Now, understand, the disciples weren't just the 12, okay? How many of you know that Jesus had more than 12 disciples? Matter of fact, he had 172 at one point, and he sent them out, all right? And then he kept the 12. So Jesus had a lot of people following him, and they came to him, and he began to teach his disciples. I want to help you understand just what's going on here. Jesus is about to teach them something on a mountain. Why is that significant? Bunch of Jews in a mountain. How, how many of you ever heard of Moses? How many of you ever heard of Moses? Anybody ever seen? Way back in the day, they had this old movie from the 50s or 60s. You seen that movie? Where Moses is like, all deep-voiced. And he says, oh, God, from which the blessings floweth. Right? He like, talks like that. How many of you have you've seen that movie, right, Josie? Yeah, I know you have. How many, Jenna, have you seen that movie? I know you've seen that movie. I bet you're, yep, you're, you're a grandma. Because I saw that movie with Iris. Okay, so there's this old movie, and you see this guy, he received, he's at this crazy mountain. There's lightning everywhere. There's fire everywhere. And this is God. God is meeting Moses on the mountain. The Israelites didn't want to go up there. They're like, nah, I ain't going to go up there. We know not to go where there's lightning on top of a mountain. We're going to get killed. We're not going to go in the presence of God. We're not going to do that. Moses goes. He gets these things called the Ten Commandments. Anybody ever read the Ten Commandments? All right. So he now has this law for the Jews to follow. Okay, we know they don't follow it very well. That's why Jesus is here. And what this is showing us is that Jesus, he's becoming this new person to hear from God and to speak God's word. In the Old Testament, there were prophets. God spoke through prophets. He spoke through priests. But now, God's going to speak through his only son. And he goes to a mountainside because usually, anybody ever seen like the pyramids Anybody ever seen the, the Aztec temples? Anybody ever seen, like, just, you know, that, anybody ever, like, read the book of, uh, let's say it's Genesis, Abraham takes Isaac up a mountain? So if you wanted to meet God, ancient people said, well, let's go to a high place. Let's go somewhere high. That's where we'll meet God. So Jesus, trying to help people understand who he is, he goes to a mountain. He sits down, and people come to him. When people sit down, right, do automatically people come to you? No, that only, that's only for kings. That's only for kings. Jesus now is helping people understand that he's prophet, king, and God. That when they're meeting up here, it's a significant moment for them. So what exactly is he going to say? Well, we just read it. He's going to tell them who exactly is blessed. Now, let's go back to, let's continue in Matthew 5. He says, blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor. Let's get some understanding as to why Jesus would say, blessed are the poor. Jesus is talking about repentance, and he's talking about his kingdom. In his kingdom, things are different. Things are upside down in a way. Because if you go to a, let's say, a rich party, 
right? Let's say you go to some rich person's party. You're looking at the person that's dressed the best, that got the most people around him, and you're saying, man, that dude's blessed. That dude's the right type of guy. That's the guy I want to be around. That's a leader right there, right? Now, Jesus is about to flip that all upside down. He's about to change our perspective on the kingdom of God, and when he changes our perspective on the kingdom of God, that changes our perspective on everything. You see, because we need to learn how this kingdom is ran. In this kingdom, the poor are blessed. In this kingdom, the meek are blessed. In this kingdom, those who mourn, those who are hungry, those who thirst, they are blessed, and they will be given much when Jesus establishes this kingdom. This is all about Jesus' kingdom. All of it is about Jesus' kingdom. It's not about how great poor people are, but it's about who in Jesus' kingdom is actually blessed. So when he says, blessed are the poor, everybody say, blessed are the poor. How do people usually think people are blessed? They'll think, well, this person's blessed because he's rich. He has a lot of things going on, right? If you, if you ever, how many of you follow like, like, uh, like uh, influencers on Instagram? How many of you follow like YouTubers, right? You know, they're always saying they're blessed, but what are they talking about when they say they're blessed? They're usually talking about how much money they have, usually talking about how many views they have, usually talking about how much uh, clout they have, everything. They're usually talking about all that they possess. But understand, Jesus is saying you're blessed with the less that you possess. Jesus is saying to these people, it's not about how much you possess that makes you blessed. Jesus is saying it's not the rich, even in spirit. You know, a lot of us, like I hear Libni say this a lot. She'll be like, I'm rich in the Lord, right? But Jesus isn't even saying to be rich in the spirit. Because are these people, are the, is the demon-possessed person that just got a demon casted out of them the person you're going to go to to learn about God? Is the fisherman who can barely, like, count to ten or barely, like, formulate uh, a, a, a like, edified uh, sentence the person you're going to go to to learn about God? Is the person who is handicapped the person in your mind, that's a religious leader. That's a spiritual leader. These people were not Pharisees. They had, they had their popes. They had their priests. They had their pastors. They had those type of people. Those were rich in spirit people. But he's saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. He's not talking about these big-name pastors. He's not talking about these people that are starting all these, these ministries, making all this money. No, he's talking about the people that went to follow him. Remember who was following him? Remember who was coming from towns? And he's saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. He's saying, blessed are you guys, the poor in spirit. He's talking to the people right in front of him. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And it says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven belongs to these. I thought the kingdom of heaven would belong to royals. I thought the kingdom of heaven would belong to the rich people. I thought the kingdom of heaven would belong to these type of people that I look at. They're so great. They're so awesome. They're so amazing. I just want to be around them. No, the kingdom of God belongs to these, the poor in spirits. The poor in spirit. You see, if you want to be in this kingdom, you don't look at the rich and say, I want to get around them. 
But you look at the poor. You say, I want to get around them. And I'm not talking about the people that just can't manage money. I don't understand that. I'm not talking about just the people that are, like, irresponsible or, you know, they, they just keep losing jobs because they don't work hard. These people were poor not because they didn't work hard, not because they didn't care about life or whatever. They just really couldn't get anywhere in life. And Jesus is saying, but they belong to this kingdom. Actually, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. They're blessed. They have never heard that before. Because in that time, just like our time, blessed are those who are rich. Blessed are those who work hard and don't grow tired, right? Blessed are those who have influence. Blessed are those who are popular, right? We, we have these people in our mindset. Blessed are them. They're blessed. But Jesus changes that. Jesus changes that the kingdom of God was thought to be for people in high places, people that were rich, but Jesus changes that completely. He says, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Everybody say, blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The next blessing is what he says, blessed are those who mourn. Say, who mourn, for they will be comforted. Does anybody know what it means to mourn? To mourn is to weep, to cry, to have an emotional distress for something. We don't think those type of people are blessed. People who cry. People who feel for other people. When we think about people who are blessed, we think about those positive people, right? People that are always positive. They're always like, yeah, I'm so blessed. Everything's so good. The optimistic person. But Jesus is saying, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who have actually gone through things in life and now are mourning. Usually we look at those who are happy that are, ble- that are blessed, but it's the opposite. We should look at those who have experienced pain and say, you're blessed. And Jesus is not being insensitive here, right? This is not Jesus saying, get over it, guys. You're blessed. So what? You know, you've gone through abuse. So what? You've gone through backstabbing. So what? That people have lied to you. So what? That they let you down. You're still blessed anyway. No, he's, he's saying basically where you're at right now, I'm saying you're blessed. I'm blessing you. You see, why do we look at poverty and we feel for them? Like, why do we look at the underdog story and feel so good for these people when they make it? It's because Jesus made it for us to feel that way. And it wasn't before Jesus that this was an acceptable thing. No one cared about the underdog. And so Jesus died on the cross and resurrected. I'm telling you, when you look at stories in in Greek mythology, The underdog is not someone we look after. We look at the heroic. We look at the victorious. We look at those who who got a a leg up on people. Those are the people that are going to be rich, are going to be blessed. Jesus changed that completely. He said, these are the people I'm accepting into the kingdom. These are the type of people that I want, those who mourn, those who mourn. Because how many of you know that Jesus wept? We'll get into that later. If you in this place don't mourn, I'm not saying you now need to start crying on purpose. I'm not saying now you got to be like, (laughs) how many of you have ever tried to cry on spot? I know I have. I've tried to cry on spot. Try to cry. No. There is this idea behind mourning where you're not just looking at the world saying, well, I don't care. It's not my problem. Right? Or you're not just... Just saying, I'm going to just get over things. Or you're just saying, well, I've lived a perfect life. I haven't gone through any problems. Basically, if you just live life to avoid problems, you're not included in this blessing. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Because usually, what is comfort for? Usually, you got to strive to be comfortable. Anybody ever got into a chair and it was uncomfortable? Anybody got to be like, sometimes you'll just put your leg up, you'll lay like this, right? Sometimes y'all be like this, and now these chairs are kind of comfortable, right? How many of you think these chairs are comfortable? They're decent. SUMers all raising their hand. It's funny because we used to sleep on these. That's why. When you're uncomfortable, you always strive to be comfortable. If anyone messes up with your comfort, what do you do? You kind of say, man, you're making me uncomfortable. When, when someone makes you sad, you kick them out your life. But Jesus is saying, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. They will be given comfort. Everybody say, blessed are those who mourn. Next is, blessed are the meek. We don't say that word anymore, meek. Unless you're talking about Meek Mills, Meek Millie. Y'all don't know about Meek Mill, sorry. It's that last generation. Will knows about Meek Mill, all right? We don't talk about meekness. But meekness means submissiveness, gentleness. It means not putting yourself as some important person. You're humble. But these people were not purposefully humble. They were typically unimportant. They weren't meek on purpose. Like, man, you know, like when people meet celebrities, they're like, oh, my God, she's so down to earth. It's like, okay, sure. As he rose up in his Tesla. <laughs> right? But then these people, they were actually meek. You see, they had no other option but to be meek. And Jesus is saying, you're blessed. You're blessed for being meek. The meek are blessed. The gentle, those who are submissive, they're blessed. And that goes contrary to what we think. And it even goes even deeper because he says they will inherit the earth. What does that sound like? That sounds like conquest. That sounds like Alexander the Great taking over the world, giving it to his son. That sounds like Nazi Germany giving the Germans all that they have, right? All, all the possessing the world. That sounds like dictatorship. But what is he talking about here? The meek, those who don't strive, those that don't conquest, those that don't fight. Yeah, you're going to get the earth. You're going to get the earth. You're going to inherit it. You see, if you want something in this life, you got to be meek. You got to be meek. You want something in the next life. It's a necessity to be meek. This is all about the kingdom of God. You're going to try to strive and strive and strive. When you die, you will inherit nothing. You see, the meek, they will inherit the earth. What was usually meant for the conquerors, those who fought, those who strove, those who would step on other people, it's being given to the meek now. Everybody say, blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. How many of y'all been really hungry before? How many of y'all ever been hangry? How many of y'all been so hangry you're about to fight someone? You know what? I know that, babe. Actually, my favorite restaurant in this neighborhood is called Hangry's. When I first heard that name, I'm like, dude, this restaurant is genius. You've been hangry before, right? How many of y'all been real thirsty before? Like, like, man, I'm talking about, it's like 90 degrees. Oh, my gosh. And you're like, you know, you're like, you know how you get so uncomfortable when you're thirsty and sweating? You start to move around like, 
And you start getting frustrated and fussy, and you're just like, don't touch me, man. Right? That's not a good feeling, right? Jesus is saying, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? All these things, and I, I, I've read this many times. I've tried to memorize this. I've actually did, and then I forgot it. But I've looked at this. I've looked at this. I finally saw there, this is not just random cute sayings that you put on your fridge. It's not what it is. All of it is connected. All of it is connected. There is an a emptiness that these people have. There is a longing, a desire that all these people, the poor, the meek, the mourning, the hungry, and the thirsting, they, they're lacking something. They're lacking something. All of them in that crowd, Jesus is speaking to their lack. He's speaking to what all of this uh, society, all of their life has been telling them what they don't have. They're not blessed by the world standards, but Jesus is saying in this kingdom, you are blessed. You are the greatest. You are going to be given everything. Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. You see, what is righteousness? Righteousness is a right standing with God and with people. You see, a lot of times when we look at the world, right, we like to ignore the issues. And I have, I have had to admit, after looking at this verse, really reflecting, I've done this before. There's so many things going on with the world, so many issues, so many problems. How could you possibly think and care about all of them? You really can't. Why do you think our generation is so depressed? It's because we have so much information about how messed up the world is. You know, everywhere we look, someone's dying. Everywhere we look, someone's committing suicide. Everywhere you look, someone just cheated on their wife. Someone just raped someone. Someone just got abused. Everywhere we look, we're seeing all these stories, and we're tired of seeing it. But here's the thing. It's happening. It's happening. And what does, is not good is if we just say, I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to ignore it. There's been so many youth. What do they do? They escape it. They escape their problems. They escape their issues in relationships. They escape their issues with their parents, with their brothers, with their friends. And they go to video games. They go to movies. They go to entertainment. They go to music. I don't want to deal with my problems. I don't want to look at them. I'm going to ignore it. But you're not satisfied. You see, what Jesus is promising here. It's the satisfaction. Matter of fact, every time he says for they, it's something that's going to happen now and it's going to be fulfilled later. Those who are poor, they're going to be blessed now. And they're going to, be, they're going to see that blessing later. Those who mourn now, they're going to be comforted now, but they'll be comforted later. Those who are meek now, they'll inherit the earth now, but they'll inherit it later. And those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, when you look at this world and you cry out to God, God save these people. God change this situation. God fix this. And you don't see it getting fixed and it bothers you. Jesus is saying now you're blessed. You see, 
Think about how controversial that is. They've been waiting for God. They've been saying, God, we've been under oppression. The Romans, the Persians, the Babylonians. I want to let you know right now, these people that were, he's talking to, they've been through slavery. They've been through oppression. Their kids have been taken and thrown against rocks in front of their face. They've been uh, enslaved. They've been taken as nothing, sold to others. And Jesus is saying right now, guess what? You're blessed because the kingdom of God has come. That's what he's saying. The kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God, Jesus bringing it, has come. If we can have the altar workers come and the worship team. And listen, as I'm saying, I'm not expecting you guys now to all of a sudden say, I'm going to throw away my iPhone, I'm going to get a Nokia. Because I'm going to be poor now. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. This is not... This is not like, because here's the thing, we can all look at that list and be like, well, man, I think I'm pretty merciful, but I don't know about, I don't know about pure, man. Because you know, God, I'd be struggling with this stuff, man. People be looking good, right? No, not talking about that. Not talking about that. This is not for you to be like, man, well, I'm a virgin. Oh, peace, man, I got, I'd be trying to fight people. No, this isn't for you to look at things and be like, I got this one, I don't have this one. I used to do this, by the way. I say, man, I'm... I'm pretty peaceful. That's me right there. No, that's not what it is. Jesus right now is speaking to specific people, but then he's not speaking to all of eternity. These people that he's speaking to right now, when we get to heaven, oh, man, we're going to see them, and we're going to see what God has given them. We're going to see what God has given them. When he brings his when he brings the new heaven and the new earth here, when he makes everything new, all things new, when he wipes away every tear from our eyes, we're going to see these people who cried, and we're going to see that, wow, they were comforted. We're going to see the poor, and we're going to be like, wow, this is their kingdom. This is their kingdom. We're going to see the meek, those that were spit on, those that weren't recognized, those that weren't acknowledged, but they prayed and they trusted God. And we're going to say, wow, this is all theirs. Jesus now is speaking to those people. He's speaking to us, but he's speaking to all of eternity. If you want to be in his kingdom, you must be low. See, no one in his kingdom is going to be a person of high position. There are going to be no rich people in this kingdom. And I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about the view of yourself. I'm talking about the view of others. If you look lowly on others, God will look lowly on you. If you think you have to change, I want you guys to change your mind. If, if anything, I want you guys to repent. If everyone can stand up, please. I want you guys to repent. You thought the wrong way about what me- it means to be blessed. You've looked at rappers, you thought they were blessed. You've looked at celebrities, you thought they were blessed. You looked at actors, you looked at people in your life that had a lot, and you said they were blessed. You need to repent because that's not the kingdom of God. Never once have we ever looked at a person who doesn't have much, but they have God. and said they're blessed. Now, once have you looked at your own life and said, God, I'm blessed. 
right? What do we do? We always strive. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. And I had to, I had to repent myself. You got to understand, we, this right here, we have to look at this and be like, Jesus, I want to be blessed. I repent, Lord. I change my mind, God. That's what it means. Repentance is a change of mind. You got to understand, no, there, there's not going to be a prideful soul in heaven. Everyone will be made low so they can be brought high. If we go to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23, listen, I want you guys to think about this. This is, this is, there is a lowliness, an outcast type of attitude here. This is not a, man, Jesus is all about the cool hipster Christians. Oh, Jesus is all about the people that are having, uh, you know, all these types of relationships. Oh, so cool. Everybody looks up to them. It's not about that. See, if you want to be in with Jesus, this is the kingdom that you're looking at. In closing, this verse says it all right here to me. Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. But the lowly in spirit gain honor. If you thought you're smarter than other people so you don't have to listen to them. If you thought you got more money, you look nicer. You speak better. If you looked at any of us, because I know there's times we're like, why am I going to listen to y'all? Man, y'all don't know nothing about my life. Y'all don't know nothing about what's going on. Y'all don't know nothing at all. Who are you? Listen, lower yourself. If everyone could bow uh, bow their heads and close their eyes, please. Listen, if you have thought wrong about it, what, what it means to be blessed, if you looked at money, you've looked at status, popularity, if you've looked at your social media, if you've looked at all that you have in this world instead of looking to Jesus, then you said you're blessed, I want you to repent right now. I want you to turn from your sin of pride, turn from your sin of greed, turn from the sin of unbelief. The kingdom of God is one of blessing, and God is going to bless the poor. He's going to bless those who mourn. He's going to bless those who are hungry and thirsting. He's going to bless those who are meek. Humble yourself in this place right now. Bring yourself low. Bring yourself low. Because you know who put the greatest example of this? Jesus himself. Jesus, what did he do? He was poor in spirit. Jesus, what did he do? He mourned. Jesus, what did he do? He was meek. He thirsted and he hungered for righteousness. You're in no position to tell Jesus that you can't do this when he did it himself. So if you need to repent in this place, I need you to come up to these altars so that we can walk you through this. And if you have anything else, if you, if you need prayer, if there are people that are sick, Jesus healed the sick. If there are people that are suffering with something, let's say there is a demon that you have. You have this uh, maybe, like demon, it's not just the exorcist type thing. But if you have these type of unctions and these urges that you cannot control and you feel like you are not in control of yourself, you need to be delivered. You need people to lay hands on you and pray for you. I'm talking about sexual sin. I'm talking about anger. You get so angry, you black out. Come up now. Bitterness. Bitterness, that is the quickest way for the devil to have a foothold in your life. If you have bitterness in this place, you need to repent. The Bible says that Jesus casted out demons, that he casted things out of people. 
Everyone with your eyes closed, head bowed. I want you guys to now really prayerfully consider. As I pray, I want you to pray as well. I want you to say, God, am I in your kingdom? God, have I had a wrong view of what it means to be blessed? Have I been living for the wrong things? Now, understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a good job or have money. It's, this is a mindset. This is a heart thing. You and your money do not mean you're blessed. You and your life and how good it is, that does not mean you're blessed. Jesus saying you're blessed, that's what makes you blessed. Are you blessed today? Are you blessed today? If you're in that crowd, I want you to picture yourself in that crowd with sick, with poor, with the meek, with those who mourn. Do you stand out? You see, because when it comes to the outcast, we don't want to be outcast. When it comes to those who are mourning, we don't want to be dried-eyed. When it comes to those who are poor, we don't want to say, yeah, we're rich. When it comes to those who hunger and thirst, we don't want to say, no, no good, no thank you, I'm full. Because what God is wanting to give us, that day he establishes the kingdom, is better than anything else that you can get in this earth. Any relationship, any gain, any riches, all of it falls, all of it fails in comparison to what Jesus has for those who trust in him. So as Melanie comes, you can, you can uh, come up for the altar. As Melanie per, uh, sings, you can come up to the altar call. But Father, we just trust you in this place, Lord. We trust you with everything. God, we're not going to live for the kingdom of this world. We know there are multiple kingdoms in this world. Everyone trying to build up their kingdom. Everyone trying to build up their kingdom. But Lord, we, don't, we deny all that, God. The kingdom of the devil, the kingdom of this world, we deny all of it, Lord. We want your kingdom. We want to know you more, Lord. We want to reflect you, God. Convict us in this place, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word that went forth tonight. God, I pray that it would stick in our minds, Lord. That, God, we would not harden our hearts against your word, but, Lord, we would humble ourselves. We would listen to you and do what you say, God. Let everything be centered around you and your kingdom. Everything we do be about your kingdom, Lord. Everything we are be about your kingdom, Lord. 
You are our God. You are our Savior. We owe all things to you, Lord. But the only thing we can do is lift up our cup, Lord, so that you can fill it, Lord. So we can lift up our cup today, Lord. We lift up our lives to you. You fill it, Lord. God, if there's anything filling our hearts today that is not of you, God, empty us, Lord. God, we want to decrease in this place. We don't want to be so self-absorbed in this place, Lord. God, lead us to these quiet waters, God, so that we can drink from it, Lord. Lead us to this river of life, God. Let us keep a step with your spirit so we don't look to the left or look to the right, God, but we have all that we need from you. Let every youth in this place, God, let every soul in this place, God, be satisfied in you, Jesus. Let us be satisfied in your presence. Let us be satisfied with knowing you care for us. Lord, if there's any bitterness in this place, I pray right now that you would heal them from it, that you would remove them from it, that they would repent from it, God. If there's someone in this place that always feels like they lack, feels like they don't have, they're always looking to the next man saying, I want what they have, God. Lord, reveal yourself to them. Reveal yourself to them. They're always striving to be popular. They're always striving to fit in. Let them know that they're blessed, God. Let them know that they're seen, God. God, I don't know if there are those that try to put themselves above others. God, humble them in this place right now, Jesus. Humble them in this place right now, God. Bring them low, God, so they won't miss this blessing, Lord. That they won't miss out on the kingdom. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Praise God, guys.